Welcome to Dunzo. This is a podcast that explores hookups and breakups of famous lovers and friends, both real and fake, and all the discarded pop culture of yesteryear. I'm your host, Troy McKeady. You guys, welcome to another episode of Dunzo, a very special Christmas episode. This is a very, very special episode for several reasons. For one thing, you've already read the title description and you know what we're talking about and it's major. And also my friend Jamie Luce Color is here and we haven't talked in forever. How are you? I am okay. I'm I'm doing well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie and I were just talking about how it's like so awkward to like introduce yourself to people or whatever during this time or like even to like say hi because it's like when you ask somebody how they're doing we're all doing fucking terrible so it's like hey how depressed are you sweetie? Yeah today uh, you've caught me on a good day because today being asked how am I doesn't feel like a loaded question so that's a good place to start. <laughs> that's an amazing place to start. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Jamie and I, obviously, we haven't uh, recorded an episode together since our last Anna Nicole episode. And I always tell people that when I bring a guest on the podcast and we talk about a random celebrity, we end up, me and that guest end up having this weird connection through that specific celebrity. And now I feel like I'm always going to be tied to you through Anna Nicole Smith. Like whenever I see her now, I think of you. And the same for me. Whenever I see stuff, I send it to you straight away or I tag yeah. you in it. <laughs> yeah. Like for the rest of my life, we're the rest of our lives are going to be sending each other Anna Nicole content. And I'm completely okay with that. Same. Bonded by Anna Nicole. She'd be happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> she would. So today uh, we are going to be doing Anna Nicole's Christmas special, which is, I mean, iconic. I don't even think iconic is like a a, a strong enough word to describe it. It really lives in the reality TV, you know, greatest of all time history books. Right. The the thing is with this particular episode, you know, I've already said how, how great I think the entire series is, but this particular episode should be streamed on repeat at like MoMA and The Broad and The (laughs) Tate in London because it is performance art at its finest. It's just incredible. It's terrifying. It's hilarious. There's just so many layers to it. You're so right. It does, it definitely takes you on like an emotional sort of like up and down because you have moments of being, you know, it's like really sweet and then it can be super, super, super sad and alarming and depressing and like gross, but like the whole time so funny. And you go through that thing when you're watching the Anna Nicole show where you're like, should I even be laughing at this, you know? Yeah, the, I, I, I think gross is a really good word and gross really kind of sums up this episode because it it just goes straight in there right off the bat. There's no warming up to like what's going on. She just goes in. Yeah, I mean, there's a moment. I mean, I wrote it in my notes, but it's like, it seems like, you know, at the beginning, she's like tolerably drunk. And then there's this scene that literally lives inside my brain rent-free for my entire life, where she takes a shot of Jaeger and it streams down her mouth. And it feels like at that moment, right? Like that's the moment where all hell sort of breaks loose. That's like after she's just put the turkey in the oven and then <laughs> yes. she's, she sits outside on the balcony and she's just like, I need a shot of Jägermeister. And it's just <laughs> like, but before that, she's like going around the supermarket with Daniel. And there's a really sweet moment where she's trying to buy him video games and she's trying to hide it from him, but then he comes over and it's kind of, it's kind of a sweet moment, but even then she's completely off her tits. Like she's got one eye looking at one side of the supermarket and then the other eye on the other side. And what is supposed to be quite a, you know, a mother and son moment is kind of blurred by her clearly like, possibly having some Jägermeister in the car on the way. Totally. The Daniel, it's like, I'm down for the debauchery. Like, I'm down for, you know, Jody Lohmeyer, like, 
dressed in a, a Pocahontas sexy costume or whatever. <laughs> I don't even know, but like I'm down for the debauchery and it's, it's always until you see Daniel. It's just yeah. like, it just jolts you. Like you could be yeah. belly laughing at Shelly, you know, pulling her titties out or whatever, but then Daniel <laughs> and you're just like, Oh fuck. Daniel's watching all this happen. And he's, yeah, he brings, he brings like, he kind of, in the midst of the madness, he brings it all to a screeching halt, doesn't he? There's one particular scene and, you know, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but they're all like completely fucked on the floor, like singing. And he kind of walks in smiling and you're, you know, he's like, I think he's like, what, 12, 13 at the time? Yeah, he was and young. He's like, he's like this innocent kid and you're like, fuck, like this is what he was around. And then obviously, you know, we know how it went for him. And then obviously mm -hmm. his mom and it's like, it's some, it's some real, it's some real heartbreaking foreshadowing. Well, do you, should we, I mean, should we remind people of like, what is your Anna Nicole journey? Cause it's been a while. So like, when did you start watching the Anna Nicole show? I watched the Anna Nicole show, like as it was streamed on E, as it was aired on E. Um, so that was like, what, 2002. And I kind of knew about her, like, it was around that time that I got the internet and I, you know, was fairly up on my kind of fixation of these like women I was so drawn to and Anna was one of them. And then I remember watching the show on E, I think it was his premiere in the UK and I was just completely fucking obsessed with this woman. And I had to find out everything I possibly could about her and I followed her religiously. Um, so I was pretty dedicated from the moment I kind of clapped eyes on her, really. <laughs> I mean, makes sense. Was Anna a really big celebrity immediately in the UK? Like, do, was she more famous, like, as a reality star or as a model? Do you remember? Uh, it, was it was totally the show that kind of got her known in the UK. And I, th I, think, I think it was even more difficult for her, her, reputationally speaking, in the UK because you know she had a bit of a a bit of a background in america obviously with guests and all that but here it wasn't as well known so quite early on she was kind of this like trashy uh like comedy character that was easily like vilified in the press you know that kind of whole mm -hmm. let's just make fun of this quite vulnerable woman and i think as i said before i always when i was younger i always was drawn to these women that were so clearly like you know, kind of losing their way. Mm -hmm. And I recognize that in them. So, but she definitely, yeah. But then saying that though, um, I remember, I don't know if we've spoken about this, but like a few years after the show, they had the Anna Nicole Smith Opera, which was at the Royal Opera House in London. Oh yeah, holy shit, we never talked about this. No, I never got to see it. And I remember, I remember, I. I was really poor around that time because I was going out all the time. So I never had any money to like do anything. But I remember being on the tube and always seeing these huge posters for the Anna Nicole Smith opera. And still to this day, I'll come across people and they'll be like, they'll tell me how amazing it was. And I'll just be seething with jealousy. <laughs> That's amazing. I was thinking when I was watching this, how sad it is that, you know, there's a whole generation of like young people. I feel like Anna Nicole was such an introduction for people our age to this different kind of celebrity that's like kind of hard to explain. Mm. And, um, you know, she hit at such a, like a pivotal time, I feel like in our lives where it was like, we were young and she was the introduction for me to like, you know, celebrity kind of, you know? Yeah. And it's sad that there's this whole generation of kids that won't get to experience that because she this is an expression that I've been sort of overusing, but like Anna Nicole made being a young person in the early 2000s so fun, you know? Yeah. Well, she was around that time where like, you know, it it was kind of celebrated to be messy. Like Anna was in her own league, but then you had all of like Lindsay, Paris, Nicole, Kelly, like, you know, all of mm -hmm. those people kind of doing that as well. And I feel you're totally right. Like I think about like, the people I was drawn to back then and the people that I found fascinating, like we're in an age now where young people are so hyper self-aware mm -hmm. and so 
and so kind of wanting to curate this image of what they want the world to see that they're not able, I just don't think there's anyone there that's kind of of the same caliber because people care too much now. Yeah, totally. Totally, absolutely. Yeah, this is like, this is like totally ungroomed, unpolished, unmanicured, just raw. I mean, the Anna Nicole show is so raw and unscripted that when there are scripted moments, they're like, they just sort of throw them in as a joke because yeah, Anna can't do a scripted scene if she wanted to. Like, even if she wanted to, she can't. You know, either way, she's going to grab the camera by the lens and say she wants to suck you into the camera. So it doesn't really matter. You know? So... Um, well, speaking of, we should uh, we should do this now. We should get into the episode. Right. So shall we start with, can we start with the guests? Because please, they, they do the roll call of guests as soon as the episode starts. And she's, talking, she's talking about who's coming and like, <laughs> it is the most schizophrenic guest list I've seen. <laughs> so she starts with like, Rip Taylor, her driving instructor, Simon, her chef, Kathy Griffin, Margaret Cho, China, who's very adamant on going by the name Joni. And then yes. let's be real about the real star of the show, Cousin Shelley. Cousin Shelley. <laughs> Cousin Shelley. Cousin Shelley shows up in this, like, first of all, Cousin Shelley introduced me to, um, I don't even know what you would call them. They're like fake separates where she's wearing a suit in quotes, where when you pull up the blazer of your, her suit, you realize that the skirt is nothing more than an illusion. Yeah. And top of it is like a silk slip. Only the bottom of it is a is a suit. <laughs> it, you're right, though. It is the most like Motley Crew, you know. And it's such like uh, it's so telling of this. I always think the guest list is so telling of the space Anna Nicole occupied in pop culture. Yeah, you know, she was just that kind of celebrity who. It was like kind of like um, surreal life-ish kind of, but also, you know, like she straddled the line between being like super, super like lowbrow, surreal life famous, but also she's Anna Nicole Smith and people talk about her all the time. Yeah. It and is- also, the, the, also there was never going to be a point ever in the history of the world that all of these people were going to be in the same room again. <laughs> right. <laughs> and i love that like a sober kathy griffin is like dipping carrots in ranch dressing as everybody is like (laughs) so insane like it's just so crazy (laughs) um but the the episode opens up with one of anna's uh one of her you know iconic scripted words of wisdom that they always make her read at the beginning of the episodes and she says you know what my granny used to say about christmas (laughs) Because if you ain't got no Christmas in your heart, you ain't gonna find no Christmas under the tree. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, okay. Um, and she explains at the top of the show that this year has been amazing for her because she's moved into this new house, which of course we all know as the Anna Nicole filming house. That's the, sh- the house for the show. And her show is a hit. So she's decided to throw a Christmas party to cap off her amazing year. And I just love these scenes because it's like, um, Anna Nicole has never said the term cap off forever. Like, I know, right? I'm capping off this amazing year. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> um, and she ex- is explaining that they've got jello shots and they've got an <laughs> ice sculpture and they insert this clip <laughs> of her holding a shot or a tray of dick shaped jello shots. Yeah, all of these little black dicks, and uh, <laughs> and an ice sculpture that is her body, like, and it's amazing. Howard's like, we got an ice sculpture made of a woman's torso, and it's modeled after Anna. So when you see those large breasts, you know that you're taking a shot off of Anna Nicole's cleavage. I'm like, oh, Howard. And then and then cut to Anna, and she's like, Who wants to do shots off my tits? <laughs> flash to Howard happily motorboating these ice titties and taking a shot of Jaeger and Anna is behind him beaming she is exuding so much light and energy she's so happy 
to watch Howard motorboat her ice titties and take a shot. Like she's smiling from ear to ear. <laughs> so you know what I found out not too long ago. So I was listening to a podcast and Margaret Cho was on it. And she actually like touches on that episode. Ooh. And um, she says, so she's about a week fresh out of rehab. Oh and she God. ends up she ends up at that party and she's like completely sober. You know, she's just she's been in rehab for a few months, and then she stands in front of that ice sculpture and she looks at the alcohol running down, and she actually ends up relapsing at that <gasps> party because she can't resist. And as someone, I'm sober and in recovery. To be completely honest with you, if I was stood in front of an ice sculpture of Anna Nicole Smith with whatever it was running down her tits, I'd probably struggle not to get involved. <laughs> oh my God, are you kidding me? Just to, like the, it's like being in the Wizard of Oz or something. It's like, yeah, you know what I mean? How could you not fall victim to the whimsy? <laughs> yeah, totally. But yeah, so... um Margaret, like, talks about how, like, she had to leave pretty early because, obviously, like, she shouldn't have been there in the first place. <laughs> wow. You know, I was thinking the same thing with uh, with China because I wrote down on my notes, I remember that, like, around this time, China was kind of rebranding herself. Yeah. As, like, um, like, you know, being done with wrestling and she had moved on to being, like, very feminine and she was, like, a little, like, a... Like a trashy early two thousands like fashion girl, you know. Well, she she looked beautiful at the party. So, I was actually blown away. I was like, wow, she looks gorgeous. And it was really interesting. Like it cuts to her a few times, and she's correcting people, saying, "No, it's Joni, it's Joni." So she was clearly like really wanting to separate China from Joni, and just like really reinforcing this rebrand that she was clearly going through. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And she, you could also tell that she had, because China was one of those celebrities that had kind of become known for her plastic surgery. And you could tell around this time that she'd really like softened her face and yeah. she just <clears throat> looked so pretty. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, so the guests arrive. I just also have to point out that Rip Taylor is wearing the craziest dusty duster wig I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> It is placed upon the top of his head in the most outrageous way. I mean, it's just laying on his little skull. And uh, <laughs> and then she's like, y'all take a shot off my titties. And it's like, <laughs> like you said, like it's from the moment people arrive, like all hell just starts breaking loose. Yeah. And yeah, like I said earlier, at this point, everybody's sort of tolerably drunk. It's like, it has... Um, you know, it, it has the the feeling of like kind of a normal Christmas party in the sense of like people are drunk, but they're not like wasted off of their ass fighting and crawling all over the floor and pulling their little tits out. Like people are just like drunk and like having fun. Yeah, um, yeah. So then they they uh, go back to a shot from earlier. They sort of rewind the day and they go to the the earlier in the day. And Anna says. She goes, this ain't no Martha Stewart party, but it's still hard getting it set up. <laughs> so we cut to Anna and Howard getting ready to plan this iconic, iconic party, and they're getting everything they need from Target. Um, and Anna also looks into the camera. One of my favorite lines from the show, and I, I, I think I post this on my social media at least once a year. I just posted it recently because of COVID. Where she says, it's raining, it's pouring. My whole life is boring because of you. Into the camera. I don't know why I love that so much. <laughs> <laughs> so Anna tells Howard to keep Daniel busy because she's shopping for a DVD player for his, his Christmas gifts. And she's buying DVDs. Um. And of course, Howard being just like the bumbling idiot of the show, he like brings Daniel over to her to watch her shop for his Christmas gifts. And she's like, she's like, get away, Howard. Get the fuck away. Get away, Howard. Shoo. Shoo. And he's just standing there like an idiot. Ugh. Howard like makes my skin crawl. Yeah, he's fucking disgusting. He's such a gross, like pervy 
pig. Like you can just tell that he's just like, ugh, he's just gross. Um, so, and they also, they stopped to buy a Christmas tree. And as they're driving away, they, they did like a little set up. You know, it's so funny to watch these old reality shows because all of the setups are so silly. Like when they do little setup moments. Yeah. And they do a little setup scene where they are driving the car and the tree falls off. And oh yeah. And he says something about like being Jewish and, and the Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I never learned how to tie a Christmas tree down, but like you can clearly tell that they set up a shot, like the camera yeah. people are outside waiting for them to turn this corner so the tree can fall. <laughs> it's just so silly. Um and yeah, so Anna is, she's like shopping for spices and we find out that she's going to be cooking a, like a dinner and she's like, Daniel, you want a ham this year? And he's like, I don't, I don't care. I don't fucking care if we have a ham at this debaucherous drug party you're about to have. Um, and the next day she hires a man named Dr. Christmas. Well, it's that line that she says, she, there's a, there's a voiceover and she's like, the next day I called Dr. Christmas for some holiday magic. And it's like, oh fucking hell, that's not all you called him for, right? <laughs> like, who the fuck is Dr. Christmas? He wasn't just bringing you a tree. Um, but yeah, and then I kind of felt like that was some sort of weird advertising because then you, because it's very strange that suddenly all these guys appear and they all get captions about who they are. And it's just a really short section of them like carrying decorations everywhere. You're right. That must have been some kind of sponsored weird thing because it was so weird. Like, yeah, it was like a company just randomly showed up out of nowhere and they gave them this whole moment. And or was, or was it a thinly veiled fuck you to Bobby Trendy? Because he could have like done it for her, right? Oh, you know what? It probably was even more so that. Because this is when they hated each other. Yeah. It must have been. <laughs> and it's funny because it's like he gave her like Bobby Trendy-esque. I mean, it's not an Anna Nicole Christmas party until there's a giant white tree with <laughs> neon pink lights all over it. <laughs> it was like, wow, this is like so Anna Nicole. Um, and <laughs> Dr. Christmas, he, like, <laughs> he looks into the camera and he goes, he goes, we're giving Anna her pink twinkle set. It looks good to me. Her pink twinkle. God. <laughs> it's like Dr. Christmas. Um, so then after the decorating is over, Anna slips into her sexy Santa, like Mrs. Claus suit. And she gets her hair done and her makeup done. And she looks, she looks so beautiful. Like. It's unreal. Like there's just a bit where like it just cuts away and you see her face in the mirror and like. She really was so beautiful. And, you know, she's dressed insane, but she pulls it off. Like, she can still radiate through this, like, you know, comedy outfit almost. It's amazing. But then, you know, the, the shine of glamour suddenly wears off when she looks dead into the camera <laughs> and says, I want to suck you. And then licks her lips at the camera. It's amazing. <laughs> I want to suck you so bad. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. <laughs> like, what in God's name? But no, you're right. It's like, she literally is just so fucking stunning. And like, you can really see all of the curves of her body in this like Santa thing. And she's just like, I mean, this is like at this moment in her life, like her look is so established, right? Like her yeah. blue eyeshadow and the glitter and her red lip and her hair where it was always like, just like curled and pinned up in all these different ways. Like there was no beginning, middle or end to her hair. It was just up and big and pretty yeah, and white. She looked, she looked freshly fucked, but like in the yes. best possible way. Oh, that's the best way to put it. <laughs> freshly fucked the, the lipstick was just the tiniest bit smeared just enough yeah <laughs> just enough to enjoy her twinkle set um <laughs> so we get our first glimpse of her spread and she's making a turkey stuffing mushrooms and yams and uh as she's checking to see if the i don't know why i just i thought this was so funny but she's like checking to see if the turkey is done 
So she just stabs a giant hole in it with this big butcher knife and she's like digging around in it. And she's like, <laughs> Howard's like, well, it still looks pink. It looks pinkish. And she goes, well, it's gotta be juicy. <laughs> It's like clearly kind of raw, but that's okay. Um, and then in the next scene, which I think is like one of the most memorable moments from this episode, she's standing in her doorway and she's singing Joy to the World. And again, it's like, you're freshly fucked. I can't think of a better way to put it. Like her, her makeup is now a little smeared and her hair has fallen a little bit. But she still looks gorgeous. The glitter is yeah. still intact, you know. <laughs> and she's clearly feeling herself now. She's drunk. Um, so her her food is done. And she makes it clear that everything, she makes it very clear. She says it out loud. Everything is done. It just needs to be kept warm in the oven. That's all. So she heads outside with Howard. And they take a shot of Jaeger. <laughs> <laughs> she also goes, Howard, run my feet. So oh, he, yeah, he gives her a foot massage on the balcony while she's got like Jaeger dribbling down her chin. And that's always a weird thing. You know, like Howard and, and her assistant Kim sort of like fighting. Like, you know, they all, they're always like sort of fighting for her attention. Yeah. And it's like the opportunity to like rub her feet or... And they're clearly jealous of each other as well. Like if, if Anna's attention is on one or the other, the other one's like off camera seething. Totally. Like, you know that Kim was <laughs> staring at him rub her feet with like, you know, red eyes. Like, it's like any moment to cater <laughs> to Anna is like such a fetish for them. Yeah. It just makes you wonder, like, what went down when the cameras were off. I dread to think. I know. It's like, do you think that Anna was just fucking Kimberly and Howard in the house and it was just, like, a free-for-all? I think... I think... I I don't think it was a free-for-all, but I do think that, like, Anna had no concept of boundaries like zero concept. And when you're in an environment with two people that essentially just want to please you, Mm -hmm. I think they were often servants to her, you know, whether that was emotional needs or physical needs. You know, as, as we go along with like the whole Anna and Howard tale, you see it was a lot deeper than that and a lot more sinister. But Mm -hmm. I think in the context of that setup at that time, I just think, anything went, you know? I think, I, I, I haven't even stopped to think about what Kimmy's deal was, because clearly there was a lot going on there as well. But yeah, I just think they were just, you know, pretty loose as a little unit, right? <laughs> yeah, you're right though. I think there's just, there's just no, it maybe isn't so much about fucking as much as it is just like no boundaries. And, you know, I mean, Kimmy is very clearly in love with Anna, but I also think Anna, yeah just likes knowing that. Like, I think she just likes knowing that everybody around her either wants to have sex with her or is in love with her, wants to be with her. Like, that's, you know, she loves that. Well, Anna Anna has always been really honest about, well, she was always really honest about the fact that she loved her fans. She just wanted to be adored. She wanted to be loved. And I guess having Kimmy around, like, particularly at that point, there was a real turning point for her where she was on the top of a game, but it slipped very quickly where she became a clown to everyone. Mm -hmm. And I guess having Kimmy around still fed that love and that adoration that she really, really craved. That's a really good way to look at it. Like even when her public image was falling, she still had people to like keep her up on that like emotional high. Yeah, she had two people that were just gonna feed her all of that emotional need, all of the stuff that she needed Mm -hmm. um, that she wasn't getting anymore because you know, her crown had slipped. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Kimmy is like, I'm, I'm, my assumption is that Kimmy has full on like, just holes dug out of every photo in that house that she can look through her room. Like, I feel like Kimmy is literally like in love with her. 
cameras in the shower everything you know <laughs> yeah yeah like there's probably some really gross like degrading shit happening in that house that we just never got to see like Kimmy bathing her and stuff <laughs> um, so then we find that when Anna asked Howard to put her turkey in the oven to heat it just to keep it warm he turned the oven on broil do you buy this scene you know, I don't fucking know, but it always makes me really upset. I'm going to be honest. It makes me really angry. I just feel bad. I don't know. I, it's, it's the only thing in the episode. I feel like there's just a very specific point where Anna is right up in Howard's face and she's shouting, but you can kind of see the corners of her mouth. I mean, she's probably on like a zillion pills and like her third <laughs> bottle of wine, but right. like the corners of her mouth are kind of going up like she's trying not to laugh and it just seems like such a mundane scene right. in the context of everything that happens in this episode and maybe that's why it's there but there's just something about it that I'm not buying. I could totally see it being a little like, let's, you know, let's add some stakes to the day. Cause this is, you know, back in the day, it's like on old reality shows, the stakes would be something like this. Like, you know, you guys popped a tire on your way somewhere or whatever. And the whole episode would revolve around that. Like I could see this being like a setup moment. Uh, <laughs> but it's still, for some reason, every time it makes me really, maybe just because I like to cook and the thought of cooking a turkey all day long and then, having it be burnt at the last minute would like kill me like it just makes me really upset can i ask a really stupid question sure what, what does broil mean uh so broil is like broil is above every degree of the oven and it's just to like make things toasted like it's just to like it's like above 500. Like it's like the most high that the oven can basically get. Right, okay. And it would wow. just- our ovens don't even get that hot. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Well, it's just not a word that I'm familiar with. You're broil. like, what the fuck is broil? Uh, yeah, it's like if you maybe, it's like if you made something that had like a cheesy top and you wanted to like make the top of it okay. really lovely. Yeah. You would put it on broil for like maybe two minutes or something. like. It's never meant to cook anything. Um, it would definitely burn whatever you put in there pretty quick, especially if there was a turkey in there for 20 minutes, just on the highest temperature an oven can get. Got it, um, right. And she's like, God damn it, Howard, you burned my fucking turkey. <laughs> I told you to put on fucking low. And she's like <laughs> standing there in these fucking little stripper kitten heels. <laughs> In her little Santa outfit, and she's got makeup all over the place, and she's like stumbling around the kitchen, and she's like, "God, you fucking idiot, Howard! Fucking idiot! Burn my this fucking is, turkey!" This is the point as well. Like every time the camera's on her, cuts away, and then goes back to her, she's got a little bit more makeup escaping down her face. <laughs> I'm like, how does the lipstick keep smearing more? <laughs> like, and wouldn't her makeup artist at this point know to give her a good, like, long, like, long wear lipstick that will last through a couple sips of wine? Like, come on. It's Anna Nicole. Like, I don't get it. Um, and this is, this is the moment. Because, well, first Howard, like, he, like, holds her by her face. And he's like, he's like, Anna, in the grand scheme of things, considering all you have in life, a burnt <laughs> turkey is nothing. I want you to stop and think about everything you have. This turkey fuck doesn't have It's like, fuck off, you bumbling yeah. idiot. And she's like, ha, it's right. No, I, I know. <laughs> the, the turnaround is mind-boggling. Like, she literally goes, okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> she's like, I am grateful, so Howard's right. Anyways, they just completely move on. <laughs> and... This is also like as if anyone's eating at that party anyway. No one gives a fuck about the food. I thought about that too. I was like, literally, Kathy Griffin's the only person that ate food. She's the only one there that's eating. Everyone else <laughs> is like high as fuck. No one's got an appetite. Yeah, cousin Shelly won't be able to eat for a couple days. 
<laughs> that's all I'm saying. Has she arrived yet? Are we getting to that point? I can't remember when she arrives. No, she actually has. She, no, you know, I think that she may be there, but she hasn't like performed as cousin Shelley yet. If that makes sense, she hasn't come okay. out yet. Yeah. Um, but this is the <laughs> moment that I was mentioning earlier, where Anna takes a. First of all, she takes a giant shot. I mean, it's a glass full of Jaeger. Yeah, it's like a pint glass. Like it was. It made my stomach churn. She and it's like streaming down the sides of her mouth, and then she she chases the shot. Red wine chaser, shot. right? Yeah, with a shot of more alcohol. I was like, holy shit! Uh, and then we get an, a moment of Anna singing Christmas carols with China, and uh, it's like you know, it's just so. That scene also in particular, I'm always like, wow, like when she, when, when China has her arm around Anna, I'm like, they're both dead. I hope they're doing that in heaven right now. I do too. I hope that they're drinking all the fucking Jägermeister that they can. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. Like, you know, and it's, yeah. And again, she just looks so, China looks so pretty. Yeah. Um, And when did, when did China die? Um, it was a while ago. It was definitely a few years ago. And I remember it being really sad because nobody found her for like a while. Like she was oh dead gosh. for a long time in her apartment alone. This is really sad. Oh. I know. I, I, me- I meant to look it up. I rewatched the episode last night and I meant to look it up, but then I forgot. And then I knew that if I looked it up any time before doing this with you, it would have depressed me, so I haven't. I know. I like to just live in a world where- I'll do it afterwards. <laughs> yeah. I like to pretend that this is just like current. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um. So then we get the next, I would say most iconic moment of the episode where cousin Shelly is singing Noel. Um, she's taken her teeth out at this point and you know, I mean, the greatest thing about this moment is that Ke- Shelly actually thinks that she is, like, performing the fuck out of this song. Like, I mean, the com- the sheer confidence that Shelly has, <laughs> like, I would love some of that, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and, I, and I really encourage, like, anyone <laughs> who doesn't know what Shelly looks like, Google her. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> no, well, no. No, well, no, well. And she's like going on and on. She's like already fucking wasted. She's falling while she's standing in place singing this song. Like falling hard, like all the way back by just standing in place. She's fucking wasted already. Um, and yeah, her her confidence is just, it's like nothing I've ever seen. Like she does not give a it's Beyonce level confidence in, it really is. in the body of someone that looks like Samara from The Ring, you know? <laughs> like, literally. The funny thing about Shelly is that she could literally be 20 years old. She could be 20 or she could be 120. You can't exactly. really tell. Exactly. She's like an old hag. Um, and. So she's singing and every and this becomes like a running thing throughout the rest of the episode that Shelly just like won't stop singing. Um, clearly she like has some sort of weird dream or something that she's like living out while she's wasted in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, so then we get a moment of, of a very sober Kathy Griffin making fun of Howard for how drunk he is. And it's just amazing. It's just so good. Uh, she's really she's really going at him, but he's not really registering what she's saying. And then he just keeps tell, telling her, telling Kathy about how he's annoyed that Sharon Osbourne keeps making fun of him. I know. He's <laughs> like, I got everybody after me. You, Sharon Osbourne. And Kathy goes, all the greats. All the greats yeah. for you. <laughs> and that is the truth. It's true. <laughs> I know. She's like eating celery while he's like, he like staggers all over the place and he's trying to make points and she's like you're a town drunk Howard she's like you're a bumbling idiot she's just like ripping him open which I love um side side note on Kathy Griffin um have you watched her stand-ups oh all of them millions like I she has so many Anna Nicole stories they're amazing like I, I just love that she's there because I also like 
back when I was obsessed with Anna, like when Anna was around, like I'd get more information by watching the Kathy stand-ups as well. And she'd always have these like little nuggets of just when they'd cross paths and stuff. It was amazing. Totally. I was thinking that when I was watching this, like I wonder um, which special this would have made it into or like, you know what I mean? Cause there's definitely, I mean, this is insane. Like, yeah, I think I think she does talk about it. I just can't remember it off the top of my mind. I was like, wow, Kathy's in this room right now writing her act. It's amazing. Ab- absolutely. You know, she was there like with the mental notebook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then in the next moment, um, again, iconic, cousin Shelley and her little suit. She I mean, that's when you realize that the skirt is like a fake skirt, which I'm obsessed <laughs> with. Like, I don't understand the concept of a a, a fake skirt. Because either way, it's a skirt. Yeah. Like, she's really, she's really fashion forward, Shelly. <laughs> ahead of the curve in, in many, in many ways. It's like so a she, doily skirt. So she decides that she wants to go for a swim in her, <laughs> in her two-piece suit that's not really a suit. And <laughs> she just gets in there and is just like... My notes were toothless, tone-deaf wonder. She's really just going for it in the pool. And it's almost as if there's an audience there, but there's not. It's just Howard trying to get her out of the pool. Like, she's some sort of, like, wayward dog. Um, <laughs> yeah. And she keeps going to... like, trying to coax her out of the pool. And she's not, she's not taking the bait. But then <laughs> she starts flashing her tits at everyone. <laughs> she's like, hi! <laughs> and she's I love when she's sitting on the edge of the pool and she's kicking her little feet real hard oh yeah she's like playing splish splash like she's in the bathtub do you think she clearly like racked up a couple of lines before that scene like for sure snorted them right up and then just like flew out of that bathroom like a rat up a drain pipe and was just like I'm here and that's what that was the result of it because then Howard, like, gets her out of the pool and wraps wraps her around in this red towel and she's going <laughs> up the stairs and she's, you know, again, I'm seeing, like, it's the ring or, like, the, the girl from The Grudge, like, going up the stairs in this, like, shawl thing. It's terrifying. I definitely think that for Shelley, this is, like, it's like being invited to Willy Wonka. Do you know what I mean? It's like... Yeah. And I am... And I... Honestly, I get it. Like, she's a hillbilly from Mahaya who is an addict but has no money and then she gets invited to this mansion and she's surrounded by all these celebrities and they're just I mean you know there's just like an infinite supply of drugs whatever you want and alcohol and you know it's like an opportunity not only for her to like get wasted but like get shit out of people to mooch to have people give her things and she's gonna leave with gifts and new sets of teeth and it's like Willy Wonka yeah um and then i also love this moment where anna presses her face up against the camera again and she goes she goes i want you to know that i'm having the best night and she like licks her lips like she's gonna again suck the camera um (laughs) and it's at this point everybody is completely it's midnight because they say like, you know, around midnight, everything just went to shit. And they are completely obliterated out of well, their mind. Anna says by midnight, everyone was feeling really loose. And it's like- <laughs> It's like, girl, that's a way to- Really? Burn. By midnight? Don't you mean by 5 p.m.? <laughs> it's like you were loose at Target buying spices. Yeah, like you were loose last week and it hadn't <laughs> And then fucking Wasted Howard walks up and he's got some plastic mistletoe. And he's like, hey, Anna, look, I find Anna, I finally found the mistletoe. (laughs) And she's like, get away from me, Howard. Um, And then it cuts to my queen, Shelly, and she's like (laughs) unbuttoning the top button of her trousers. And then like, it's literally about to get her vagina out and shouts, Who's going to get me laid tonight? <laughs> she goes, who's going to get me laid with no drawers on? <laughs> like, what the fuck? 
my god uh shelly fuck um also another really iconic moment so like margaret cho is like getting ready to leave <laughs> yeah <laughs> and she goes to give anna a hug goodbye and it just immediately turns into this erotic intense passionate makeout where oh, margaret yeah. is yeah. literally the camera pans down and margaret is like using her knee to stimulate anna's vagina yeah and it's they, full on they're like you know sliding all over the wall like it's yeah like yeah. she's sucking anna's tongue like anna's tongue is sticking <laughs> out of her mouth and she's sucking it like it's a penis it is like the, it's the most insane like it, they went from a friendly hug to just immediately fucking within like a millisecond um and then and then margaret pulls the word it's like i'm going home to masturbate yeah <laughs> she's like all right well bye like after after they fall to the ground and anna's got like like candelabras lodged in her back and she's even care um and anna stops anna gets lip they pick anna up off the ground this is actually my favorite moment of the episode, if you want me to be honest with you. They pick Anna up off the ground. Her hair is a mess. There's lipstick all over her face. And she sits down and goes, she kiss me all over. <laughs> <laughs> she kissed me all over. Um, <laughs> so then Anna, Anna is now playing the part of like, santa at the party um i guess that's what like the intention was always that she was gonna have everybody sit on her lap and get gifts and that's why she has this like santa costume um so all of the guests are coming over and like sitting on her lap individually there's like an anna nicole impersonator and her driver and she buys kimmy a vibrator kimmy's like trembling um she buys um that she makes uh, China sit on her knee and gives her like a, it's like a eye mask or something, isn't it? And like a, a whip yeah. or something. Did you ever see China's sex tape, by the way? No. Um, I recommend did it. Did you? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, of course. Was it just a sex tape or did she go fully into porn? I can't remember. She went fully into porn. She actually signed like a little mini contract oh. with Vivid. Um but it's a home video. I mean, it is, it's old school. Like it's, you know, it's home video. It's filmed with like a big, you know, video recorder kind of thing. And it's just all, it's all BDSM. Oh, really? Yeah, it's interesting. It's, uh, it's all China in these like leather daddy costumes. Amazing. And yeah, and she's like whipping her boyfriend and it's amazing. She's like posing in the camera and like flexing her muscles and stuff. It's iconic, honestly. I'll send it to you. Uh, <laughs> I, like, yeah, please. I like, have it saved on my computer already. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, and she she buys her, like, a little bondage, bondage set, which is what made me think of it, because I forgot that she had a sex tape, honestly. Um, so then, yeah, and then this is the... Uh, <laughs> that's Then the moment comes up where Shelly's like, hi! And she's outside splish-splashing in the hot tub, and... You, it's like she has never experienced like a, a, a pool of water. Like yeah. she's like walking around in it like an alien. Like she's never <laughs> a hot tub. She can't wrap her mind around the concept. Um, and yeah, she pulls her, pulls her leggings down. It pulls up the most 90s sort of like JCPenney underwear that I've ever seen and says, who's gonna, who's gonna get me laid tonight with my, without my drawers? And it's at this point that Anna is over Shelly. <laughs> Anna, yeah. Anna has had it with Shelly finally. And I love this moment too. So Anna is very intimately cuddling. It's her chef, right? Yeah. Who she's definitely fucking for sure. I, I mean, mean, who in, who in that room isn't she fucking? The only <laughs> one she's not fucking is Shelly. And that's debatable, you know? <laughs> she lives on trail. She just goes from different person and... It's like they all just feel so, um, you could tell that like every individual person at this party feels so like excited when they, when she chooses them. Yeah. You know, like 
he's like he's like cradling her and holding her and rocking her back and forth and she's got her arms wrapped around him and he's like happy and proud to be the one that you know Anna Nicole's sitting on his lap and he's cradling her while she is almost passed out and um so she's like cuddling him and Shelly is just fucking screaming Howard's passed out in a rocking chair and Shelly is just screaming in his ear and Anna turns around and she's like, Shelly, be quiet, Shelly. Be quiet, Shelly. Shut up, Shelly. Shut up, Shelly. So then Shelly's becoming, uh, she's like purposely now not shutting up because Shelly doesn't like being told what to do. That's the one thing we definitely learned from this episode. And she also knows it's getting her air time. So, yeah. <laughs> like she's like established herself as a breakout star on this show now at this point so she's like i gotta give the people what they're looking for um and anna's like trying to make shelly you know go away so she starts this journey i'm gonna call it a journey of crawling over to howard oh my god (laughs) and it's just painful she's like crawling and as i said like the makeup is still like there's more of it and it's smeared in more places and Mm -hmm. the hair is like wild and what is essentially like maybe two or three meters it seems like she's crawling for miles trying to get to howard but repeatedly saying shelly move shelly move (laughs) Shelly move and she must say it about 50 times and then she she gets to Howard's lap and she's kind of like touching his face and looking up at him and you kind of think like is she is she wondering if that is Howard like does she know does she know you know is she able to see him and then you kind of think that that's a little insight into their relationship that we're we're not fully seeing you know Mm -hmm. um it's really yeah it's a very uncomfortable scene in the sense that like you can I think you realize that that sort of situation isn't that uncommon in that house totally it's very bad and that's also the point where you see a flash of Daniel come in the doorway mm-hmm. and the camera just goes on him very briefly. And imagine like, that's your mom on the floor with her- Jesus <laughs> with Christ. Her, with her cousin, with her tits out, like, you know, it's yeah. bizarre. With your hillbilly cousin from Mejia where you were born, when yeah. you were like a little rootin' tootin' cowboy, you don't even remember. And yeah, the whole thing is just so like, it's, yeah, it's, you definitely, you're getting like a glimpse of what they're, what happens in their house. And, you know, it's weird as people who don't live um, boundaryless, it's like weird. Like it's, it's like hard to imagine living like that, where it's like Anna goes from being cradled by this, this driver that's clearly sleeping with her to then crawling over to Howard, who she's also sleeping with and having this like really intimate moment with him in front of the whole room. Like there's just no, there are just no rules in yeah. the house. Um, and yeah, and Daniel can just watch the whole thing. Like, it's just crazy. Uh, and, then, and then my favorite bit. So I think this is my favorite line in the whole episode is so Shelly like somehow finally takes the hint and she goes <laughs> off, she goes <laughs> off and Anna tells her to go upstairs and Shelly looks over and says, how the hell do I get upstairs? Like, she has no concept of what stairs are. <laughs> well, first she, can we talk about how she, I need you to explain this to me because I'm actually very, I'm confused and I've been put off by it for 10 years. Shelly walks through the dining room or whatever and stands, she like walks up on a, like a, a like an ottoman or like a chair yeah. as if yeah. it's one of the first stairs. Like she thought that the chair was steps. Yeah. And then she realizes when she's standing on it that it's not steps. That blew my shit away. Whatever they had in that house, it was some strong stuff, right? Holy shit. Like she <laughs> stood up on a fucking, uh, like, a, 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 like a lounge and thought it was a step. 
And then when it led to a wall, she was like, well, how the hell do you get upstairs? It's like, well, <laughs> what? What the hell? Um, it's one of the craziest moments of the episode, which is really saying a lot. Yeah. And so, yeah, so then Shelly is now trying to leave. She's throwing a tantrum. And, you know, Anna's friends are following her upstairs. And she has this random French woman there that's like, she's like, Shelly, you cannot leave. Shelly, you cannot leave. Shelly, it is midnight. You cannot leave, Shelly. And like, where is this? Who is this French woman? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Shelly's like, I don't care. I'm fucking leaving. Blah, blah, blah. And then a random bad girls club fight breaks out. A real fight. Like, and it's a, it's, it's a real serious fight. Like, you you can tell that those punches were painful and there's like throwing against the door and it it all happens in such a flash as well but they're all really like going at it and knocking each other over yeah it's it's really intense it's wild and they're right next to the banister where like any of them could fall over and plummet to her first floor yeah i mean like they easily could have died they're all wasted Shelly is beating the shit out of these two women. Like they're literally get, like they're walking towards Shelly. Shelly grabs their bodies, slams them against, like throws them across the room basically. And, and they just take turns getting thrown across the room. And Shelly, it's worth noting that like Shelly is half the height of these two women. Like these two yeah. are tall. I think Shelly's probably like what, five one, five two. So she packs the punch, you know, for someone that you know, you wouldn't expect to be that strong. (laughs) I'll put it that way. (laughs) For sure. You can definitely tell Shelly is one of those women that, she's one of those drunks that likes to get real violent when she, like, she wants to fight when she drinks and she gets excited when there's, like, an opportunity to, like, fucking shatter a bottle or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, So Shelly just beats the shit out of these two girls. And and, uh, I love this moment, too, where Anna turns into, like, a formal host again. And she's like, y'all, I want to say sorry for everything that's taking place upstairs. It does not represent me. I'm going to go handle it. And I'm sorry for the inconvenience. I'm like, okay. And then, like, (laughs) just... So then, like, you have them going to Kimmy's room and everyone's in there, and then she kicks everyone out and she's like, just me and Shelly. Yeah. And then and then everyone comes out and the door shuts and then you can just hear mumbling and it's like, I managed to calm Shelly down. And it's like, hmm, I wonder how she was calmed down in that I know. room. I know. Jesus. It's so fucking dark. It is so dark and they and it's like they don't even need to allude to it because it's just so blatant yeah it's so obvious and it's then she just comes downstairs and the then it turns into like a traditional like 1950s christmas party where anna is now leaning in christmas carols (laughs) And and then she starts reading the night before christmas to everybody yeah, <laughs> and she goes, "Oh, I love this part too." And she go- she starts reading it, and she's like, "Twas the night before Christmas," and sh- they're all like engaged. And she goes, "She goes, do y'all really want me to read it?" And they're like, "Yes, Anna, please." And she goes, "Really, really bad." And they're like, "Yes, Anna, read it. We want it." And she's like, "Do y'all really, really want it?" <laughs> Like, I just love that she so unapologetically wants everybody around her to just constantly, like, yearn for her. And they do. Absolutely. And they do it. They do it. <laughs> they happily do it. Like, the, the opportunity. It's kind of like, you know, when, like, um when people get excited because a cat chose them? Really? <laughs> yeah, that's like a thing. Like, <laughs> oh, you're... <laughs> Sorry, I hate cats, so I can't relate. <laughs> <laughs> the silence spoke volumes. I immediately knew <laughs> that you did not understand what I was saying. No, it's like a thing. Like when people, so like if you're in a room with a cat and like yeah. a, a person who likes cats, like usually a cat will either choose you or not. And if they right. choose you, then it's like this big, like, oh my God, everybody look, the cat chose me. 
And that's kind of like what Anna reminds me of where, you know, in moments where she chooses a random person to be like really intimate with in front of everybody, right, it's like yeah. something to be proud of or something. Totally. No, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's just like, it's just, I watch this every year. And I watch this every month. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I always notice something that stands out or, you know, makes me scratch my head in a way that it didn't before or makes me sad. And it's just so fucking timeless and iconic. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's, like I said, there will, there was never another time when all of these people were in the same room together, and there will never be anything like it. I, I don't think. I, I agree it, with that. You know, shows like this aren't made anymore. This, like, this was one of the last kind of things like that to happen, and you know, I feel like we haven't even touched on lots of things but yeah you're right like every time I watch it there's something you know that I'm, I find a reaction or there's something that someone said that I never picked up before just because there's so much thrown at you in 20 minutes you know I know it's so short that's the other thing is like this is really I mean it literally is 20 minutes long yeah um and I, and I don't know why for some reason this time I was wondering like you know because we get to see um Margaret leave and we we get to see like a couple of the guests leave. But I was wondering like, at what point do people like Rip Taylor decide like, this is getting a little bit too out of control for me and I gotta get out of here. <laughs> like at what, what did Rip Taylor see that, where he decided now's my time to leave? I can't even imagine. Yeah. No, it was interesting. It'd be good to know like what, what was the reason behind everyone leaving? What, what was, what was the point that it went too far and they were like, hmm, I think I've had enough, bye. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm good now on the charcuterie. I'm just going to head out. Um, <laughs> well, do you have any anything that we missed from the episode that you want to talk about? Oh, I'm trying to think. I think we covered a lot, you know? Um, no, I can't think of anything. I know. You're, it's like, we're going to stop recording and then we're both going to think of like a big major thing that we forgot. I know, to say. right? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, this is such a great, like, if you guys are looking for Christmas content, you don't always have to watch Hallmark movies. There's also this. This is way better than anything on Hallmark. And if you haven't watched it already, why? <laughs> Honestly. How is it December and you haven't watched this already? It is, this is such a Christmas staple for me and I'll probably watch it again, like this yeah. week. <laughs> um, oh God, I'm sad that it's over. I like want to do this again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we need to plan our next Anna Nicole thing. I don't know what it'll be, but we'll do something. We should do like, do you know what's really weird is like I keep I I'm always I I always think that I'm I've quite got my finger on the pulse of Anna Nicole Smith documentaries on YouTube just because I watch so many right. and then every now and then like one will surface and I'll have not seen it but it was uploaded in like 2012 like the one that I sent to you recently oh yeah um, so yeah there's lot there's lots of things that we could look at yeah we should do uh, one of the documentaries that would be fun yeah um. Well, this was super fun. Thank you so much for doing this with me. Thanks for having me. It was great. I'm, I'm so happy we finally got to do it. I know. And it's one of my, you know, as I've said before, Anna Nicole Smith is one of my favorite subjects to talk about. So I had a really great time. Well, tell people where they can find you on the internet and um, all of this. You've like a, do you have a project happening right now with your uh, photography? Yeah, so actually I'm releasing a zine on Monday, um, which is all for all like photographs that I took during this year. Um, you know, I don't really need to go into what happened this year, but you know. Yeah. Uh, my photography is kind of reflecting on that and I'm releasing a short print book and all the money that I make from sales of the book I'm donating to a charity that... Um, help and support isolated LGBT people over the age of 50. Um, so I'd really like to raise as much money as possible because they're a really great charity that I volunteer for. And I feel like, you know, this year especially, we've all yeah. learned what it's, what it's like to be alone and 
you know, I kind of want to give back on that. So people can find me on Instagram. Um, my name on there is Jamie Luke Schooler. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I've been working on. Your photos are really, honestly, I'm not just saying this because you're my friend and you're here. Like they really are fucking incredible. Like I wish, <laughs> I wish that I was getting married specifically so that you could take my wedding photos. They are so, I love your style of photography. Thank you, Troy. Well, when you get married, let me know. <laughs> yeah, I will. I'll fly out. <laughs> I'll fly you out to Mahia. Um, <laughs> well, Jamie, I love you. Thank you so much for being on again. Thank you. Take care, Troy. <laughs> you too. Bye. Lots of love. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Dunzo. This podcast is a part of the Solid Listen Network. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. Also be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash solidlisten for exclusive content. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy McGee, and you can follow the podcast on all forms of social media at DunzoPod. That's D-U-N-Z-O. Thank you to executive producer Molly McAleer and coordinating producer Nicole Matthew. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.